I'm amazed how many people own stocks. Welcome to the Playing Footsie Podcast. My name's Paul, and each episode, me and the lads get together to talk about the stocks, stock market news, and finance in general. Quick disclaimer, you shouldn't consider anything in this podcast as personal financial advice. If you need such advice, go to a financial advisor. And please remember, when investing in any form, your capital is at risk. So sit back, relax, and let the lads fill you in with all the stock market news of the week. The sucker's going up. Welcome back, everyone, to the Playing Footsie podcast. It's episode 21, I believe. Uh, Today, I might be wrong because I can't count. Today, I'm joined again by Steve D and Steve W, the two Steves, and we have got a jam-packed show for you today. We're going to start off with a game that Steve W has come up with that hopefully you can play at home as well. And then we're going to touch on David Gardner. David Gardner, if you haven't heard, is a a guy on who's basically the king of uh, the Motley Fool, and he's retiring from his stock picking. So we're going to go through his stock picks and see what he's chosen for the future. And then we've got three. Yep three questions to go through uh it's gonna be a long one it's gonna be a boring one it's gonna be a fun one fun one for us to do anyway we're gonna start it off with some fun uh i've got steve d and steve w here today how has your week been and how has your week been in stocks as well uh yeah mine's been a busy week um i i didn't really uh have a chance to look at the markets from sort of Monday onwards as I have been finally moving house. All of the shouting and solicitors come to an end and uh, they billed me today for £2 because it was what I, <laughs> what I had left. It was almost not worth the stamp. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we're all in, we're all happy. I, I was just saying to the guys before we came on, I have found out I have hay fever, which is great because I now live in the countryside next to a meadow. So um, oh, I've spent lucky pretty you. much the last three days... Last three days sneezing, um, but yeah. How about you guys? <laughs> it's been a decent week here. It's not been quite as uh, much self-discovery as you have, but uh, <laughs> it's been an interesting week in stocks. Actually, sort of towards the end of the week, uh, my portfolio, the stocks in it, kind of went down a little bit, but the portfolio didn't go very far. It was helped by a recovering um, FX. That kind of reminded me of something that I've been. Uh, forgetting a little bit lately which is that look i've been seeing my kind of numbers go up and the account not really moving with it because fx has gone backwards for me on a lot of us stocks and i'm kind of reminded that that's part of the reason the numbers are going up a weakening dollar causes things uh denominated in dollars to go up it's not like these are amazing stocks that i picked two months ago that are racing up in line with my investment thesis or something it's just partly because the dollar's getting worse that drives up the price of everything including stocks at the moment so before i get too carried away with my own greatness uh, I got a reminder this week to just pay attention to that. <laughs> yeah, I lost a. I felt like a little bit of pain this week as well in stocks, but I did notice the FX was fluctuating quite a lot as well. So I don't know. I'm just not really looking as hard as I used to. I kind of come to it maybe, maybe once a day. I'll take a sneaky look, but I don't pay any real attention to it anymore. And I'm kind of proud of myself on that one. I'm just kind of letting it go i'm sure i'll absolutely crap myself when um when a crash comes or something but yeah doing very well all right let's start off today with steve w's game he's got a game we haven't got a clue what it is and we're just going to try and play it and hopefully you guys can play it at home as well what game have you got today this game is ridiculous uh <laughs> this is a game where i decided that paul hasn't won one in a couple of weeks uh, having won the first five or so in a row. 
so I thought I'd try and get something that he can uh, have a little bit of, probably a slight edge on Steve here, but we'll see how we go. So this is a game called Trading 212 Hot to Handle. Uh, It's based on the Trading 212 Hot List. Uh, which is published on Trading 212's website. So there's a list there which is updated, I think, daily of uh, their most owned by number of people uh, stocks. So it's not to do with how much of the stock they own. So if 100 people have a quid in Apple, that counts as 100. Uh, And if someone has two grand in Microsoft, that counts as one. So it's just by number of people here. But they list their 100 most popular stocks. Uh, You guys pick a number from one to 10 as usual. I'll tell you a pair of stocks. I just want you to tell me which one has more oh, trading 212 like accounts yeah, owning I like that. it. That's fun. That's fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be hard. See, this is... The... I know it's all changed recently. For the people who are... Uh... It's all changed recently, hasn't mm. it? Because I think the top 10 stocks that Robinhood users own are all down. They're all uh, they're all down at least 50% or something this year. Maybe AMC and GME are up there but I, I'm sure I saw a statistic like that and trading on two must be pretty similar I imagine okay I mean since you look pleased Paul and Steve looks furious <laughs> oh. uh, why don't you go first Paul pick a number for us partly because this way you can't get confused about what numbers we haven't haven't had yet I'm just I'm just pleased that it, it sounds like a fun game I, I think it's going to be hard but it sounds fun um, I've already forgot the numbers already one to ten yeah we'll go with ten yeah, that's it. <laughs> well done. Uh, ten is one that you'll like, Paul. Okay, great. Uh, ten is oil. Uh, so here are two stocks for you. Ah, uh, you, you, you. Mm-hmm. I know you've already got this one wrong, but we're going to go with it. Let's go. <laughs> I think you've got this. Uh, wrong. I should point okay. out this is. Uh, yeah, correct. I think you've got this wrong because this is true as of yesterday morning when I looked. Yeah, I think you've got mm-hmm. this wrong because you're going to count. Shell and you're going to count BP, but Shell comes up about comes up twice, and you have to add them together to get the amount of people that have both RDSA and RDSB as well. I I used to do that, but we'll, we'll go with Ooh. it. <laughs> okay, so neither of them is BP. Okay, that's uh, the first one is Chevron, ah. uh, and the second one is Shell combined. Oh, In your face. Yeah, well done, well done, well done, well done. You've done it. <laughs> this ain't Bitcoin or shitcoin. This one dreamt up two minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that game took me ten minutes to make. Ten minutes. And it should. Okay, so, um, yeah, so who I'm trading to want to owns more or is it chevron or shell it's got to be shell got to be i think shell as well yeah yeah paul gets the point uh you are correct yes indeed it is shell um interesting fact for you shell by itself the b uh set is uh, ranked 82 uh and with the rest of them added in this takes it much higher Chevron is ranked 81. I've only got down to the top 100, by the way. So these are all in the top 100 somewhere. Ah. Uh, and beyond that, they don't publish it. Very good, very good. Steve? I'll have a lucky number seven, as usual. <laughs> number seven is uh, supermarkets. Brilliant. So how's about Tesco and Walmart? Oh. Well, I, no, I think that's going to be an easy one. Uh, I think that's an easy one. You see, I, I think... I think the sensible buy would be to buy Walmart. So therefore, yeah. I'm going to go that people have bought Tesco's because <laughs> of the dividend. Well, 
absolutely, that's how I would have done it. The only outlier of this one would be that... Steve raises an interesting point here, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. Um, it's the Jeremy Financial Education. He's on Walgreens, isn't he? Rather than Walmart. So it's... Um, yeah, so it is. It's going to be Tesco. Yeah, definitely. He is on Walgreens. There might be a sense in which people have misheard him and bought Walmart for <laughs> Trading 212, if that's the kind of reasoning you go in for here. It's very um, possible. It's very possible. <laughs> But uh, oh, there goes our entire listenership, by the way. But um, uh, yes, Steve is correct. Uh, point to Steve. Tesco's is fifty-first uh, on this list. Walmart fifty-fourth. So it's close. Oh, but it is close. That's a lot closer than Tesco I has it. Ah, mm. Fair enough. Uh, number eight. Then. All right, Paul. Number eight, please. Uh, okay. Ah, oh. number eight is um, cannabis. Ah. I, I, so I enjoy who cannabis. owns more uh, <laughs> you do enjoy cannabis I, I thought this might be one for you um, how about cannabis company that I know nothing about Sundial Growers Yeah. and uh, cannabis company that I know also nothing about Tilray yeah I knew you were going to say Tilray Tilray or Sundial Sundial is globally probably the more popular but Tilray was in trading 212 a little bit more. I'm going to go with Tilray just to go against the grain here on a bit. Uh, this is good. I was worried you were just going to get them all right. Oh, no. Uh, Sundial Growers is uh, 39th on the list here. Tilray 77th. Well, well uh, done. So well done, trading 212. Super close. Well, well done to the trading two or two buyers. That's mm. at least a better cannabis stock to buy. <laughs> if you say so, uh, Steve. Can, can I just take a minute to congratulate Paul for picking two numbers that no one else has picked? I think that's <laughs> the first um, I'll, I'll have. I'll have number I nine. Have, I don't have the ability to multitask. I, I struggle. <laughs> just stop her ability. <laughs> uh, okay Steve see how you go with this one uh, number nine the theme is stuff that is free so uh, these are stocks that have been given away by trading 212 at some point or another or at least fairly prominently given away uh, Under Armour or National Grid oh. oh Paul this would have been the question for you having got £20,000 worth of free shares <laughs> according to another YouTuber um, so I'm going to go with on my personal experience which was I think I got nine national grids and one Under Armour so I'm going to go for National Grid National Grid is the one everyone thinks of isn't it yeah. um, I've only ever had one free share on Trading 212 by the way it was neither of these it was AstraZeneca which is preferable That's to either of them National Grid is correct though yeah that is a big one <clears throat> Yeah, National Grid. 2-1 to Steve. National Grid is 27th. People don't sell National Grid as much as... Well, not as much as Paul does, anyway. Uh, <laughs> and Under Armour is down at 66. Cool. Okay. Uh, All right, Paul. We're running out of numbers here. Number one for me, please. Number one. Good choice, number one. Crypto, Paul. You like crypto? Oh, uh, what's on trading two or two? Oh, oh I see. Miners. <laughs> Uh, in one case, yes. Okay. Um, so you have a choice between Coinbase, which I don't think mines crypto, does it? No, no. I don't think so. No. Good. No, okay. but they're crypto related, uh, or at least in my head anyway. 
and um, Briscord favourite maybe uh, Argo Blockchain. Ooh, this this is a hard one. You this is a hard one because Argo is, is a Briscord favourite, isn't it? Yeah, and just everything. Oh, it's it's got to be Coinbase. I know it hasn't been around for as long, but I think more people are into Coinbase and less are into Argo. So we'll. Um, I may be totally wrong here. This is a tough one. This is hard. Uh, I thought it was quite a tough one, actually. It's not close, though. Uh, Coinbase is the uh, most owned by quite some way. Yeah. So Coinbase at 14 and Argo Blockchain 14? down at 46. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That is popular. That's a popular, popular stuff. High up there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, um, I won't say whether I've got anything higher and what might, how many are higher on this list. It might give it away a little bit later on, but we might come back to that uh, question. Steve, I'll go with five. Five. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, so usually there's a theme that Paul doesn't like as a theme, or neither of you like as a theme. It's got perfectly good stocks in it, but last time it was uh, industrials that share their names with animals. Um, this theme is. Uh, Things whose names begin with A and M. So uh, there's um, Meme Stock, <laughs> Meme Stock AMC, and uh, Semiconductor Company AMD. Oh, stocks that stocks that get up in the morning. In the oh, that's uh, good. Oh, that's smart. I like that. I was thinking about morning stocks, to be honest, but yeah, uh, I, I I thought that was too much involved for me, to be honest. I thought <laughs> I'd stick to something more basic. Well, I just think it, this this one feels quite obvious to me, so I think this one's got to be AMC. I think everyone's mm. just got on board with AMC, and I think that's it's got to be AMC. Everyone's got a little. Not bit only of is it not obvious because they're very close together, you are wrong. Oh. Um, AMC is at eighteen on this list. AMD is at seventeen. Oh. So imagine my joy at finding the AM stocks next to each other on this list when I was uh, looking through it. Oh, that's good. That's a good. Can't believe one. that. That's actually that's a shocker. They're very very close. Very very close. Uh, Paul, uh, number mm, they are very close. three. It's <laughs> another one that's available. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> You're ticking something off, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got my whiteboard. I'm just going four, three. <laughs> Paul's found himself an iPad operator that can count now. <laughs> <laughs> Three, Paul, is uh, fangs. There's, there's always a fangs round, right? Yeah. Um, but you can choose between uh, the fang, which is currently very popular within uh, like professional investors, not ones on 212 necessarily, but with quite an out-of-touch CEO, Facebook. And the uh, fang that's probably less popular, but in better touch, I suppose, Netflix. Oh, I was hoping you were Ooh. going to say Netflix because I think I would pick Netflix. What I think people would pick is Netflix over Facebook. So I'm going to go with Netflix. I am amazed that you've got that right. Uh, <laughs> I thought this was obvious the other way. I thought this is a straightforward, easy trap thing here. Nobody likes Netflix, I thought to myself. Uh, everybody likes Facebook, but no, uh, Netflix is at 16. Um, so next to the AMs and close to Coinbase and Facebook down at 32 again though just in terms of number of people owning this thing not in terms of how much of it they own necessarily I mean you've got to get your head into the you've got to get your your head into the 
the wavelength of that that average investor, haven't you? You've got to think like, what are they going for? They're going for story rather than cash flow. Like that's what most people are doing, and it's going to work. It's going to work for a long time. That's how it is. I have two. See. <laughs> Ah, okay. Uh, two is what I've loosely called lockdown stocks. Um, so Zoom and Peloton. Oh, Ooh. I think this one's obvious. Yeah, I but... strictly they'll both yeah. yeah strictly they'll both tell you they're not lockdown stocks. I guess, but yeah. I tend to think of them that way. <laughs> so I'm I think there's an obvious winner here, and I think it's probably because we're more UK based than US. I think if this was a US show with US users. It'd be a lot closer, but I think in the UK, Zoom has made has had more market penetration than Peloton, so Zoom is the answer. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yes, indeed, it is. Um, video conferencing company Zoom, rather than uh, clothes hanger company Peloton. Yep. <laughs> I uh, love it. <laughs> so. <laughs> We're into the final round. We have one question left each. The score is currently three each, which tells me I made these too easy, even though I thought they were quite hard. Um, and we do have a tiebreaker available if it comes to it. But okay, Paul, your last choice. This I've is the, the hardest. Three, two. This is... I'm, I'm, I'm picking on Briscoe and I can't, I can't keep score. I'm going to struggle here because I can't remember what's left. Number two is left. That was the one that I is not picked. left. Oh. Left is four and six. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number six, then. Number six. <laughs> it was only a matter six. of time. Six. Uh, there goes another iPad operator. If you'd like a job on Paul's team, please write to... The iPad, uh, the iPad just went to sleep, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, Paul. Uh, uh, this is one you might do quite well on. Uh, this is things I associate as teenager stocks. Uh, they're kind of apparel, but uh, well, they're not really apparel actually. But things that are popular with the teens, according to a recent survey that I was looking at. So Nike and Etsy, they like apparel and they like handmade stuff online. Apparently, two very different types of people, probably. But um, there's no doubt in my mind this is going to be Nike. Hmm. Uh, Steve, you sound like you agree. I did, yes. Yeah, you are both wrong. Oh, joking! Um, well done, everybody. <laughs> Absolutely well done. I think that is a really good decision. And wow, that surprises me. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> Etsy is sixty-five. Nike is eighty-three. That um, well. On this, wow, this. wow, yeah, quite a bit. That's... Uh, Steve, that leads you to number four, which is my favourite category. Okay. Um, so category four is pieces of shit that nobody should own. <laughs> um, right. I know there's going to be a nasty one. Both of these. Yeah, there's going to be one of each of our stocks, probably. <laughs> these fucking better not be your stocks. I'm not aware that you're your stocks. If these are your stocks and we try and talk about stocks later on, no one's going to listen. Right. <laughs> these don't belong in anyone's portfolio as far as I can tell, but they are both in the trading 212 top 100. So the first choice, uh, Nikola Motors. Wow. Right. Uh, second choice, Wirecard. <laughs> 
Carlos, Dave, tell me what... In, in fact, Paul, you like the Trading 212 hot list. Tell me what in God's name either of these things is doing well, in here. Well, I was actually going to guess that you were going to put Lloyds <laughs> Bank and Rolls-Royce in there. <laughs> that's what I thought you were going to say. But you've got I thought Nicker. we were getting HCMC. I thought that's what we were oh, getting. Oh, were you? Oh, were you? <laughs> nope. I found some worse things. <laughs> right, uh, I'm I... going to go with... I'm going to go with... I don't know why I'm going to go with it, but I'm going to go with Nicola. I've got no thinking about it. I just think that's the least shit of the two. Yeah, I can't, this is hard. Uh, so, yeah, I know. I like this one. Um, <laughs> Lloyds Bank, Rolls-Royce, and HCMC wait, are all in there. Wait, 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 wait. Nicola. Yes? You're saying Nicola is the least shit of Nicola Well, he's saying it's what? the most owned, but yeah. <laughs> insolvent <laughs> I mean it's close it's, it's close but I can't tell I, I can't tell which one's worse <laughs> I mean surely the worst one's Wirecard the question is who owns it I mean, look there's something weird in that either of these is on this list right so uh, once you get to that idea that clearly yeah, more yeah, people yeah. own this than many of the decent companies that didn't make this list uh, so more people own either of these than Berkshire Hathaway say um <laughs> Uh, but right, so my thinking mm. then is going to be Nicola. Uh, happily, we don't Sorry, have to do the tiebreaker. Then uh, Steve is correct uh, that Nicola Motors is the more owned of these. Nicola Motors features at number sixty-eight. Uh, Wirecard just about makes it onto the list at number ninety-six. No. Oh. So who? Who? What? What? <laughs> What um, stocks, 69 and 70, just out of interest? Did you manage to I do not have that list in front of me at the moment. Why? That's a shame. I re- I'm going to look that up <laughs> over the course of this because I just want to know what people are buying. <laughs> like, what, 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 people, what people are buying after... Nicola Motors. I'll, I'll have a look for you. Um, it, it might have moved oh, today, but then. I'll uh, I'll see what's yeah, on. Yeah, I'll, I'll look it up in a bit. But yeah, Steve wins. Yeah, I'll have a look it up in a bit. Okay, we. G- well done, Steve. Uh, oh, Would I am like lagging cheer? behind in the wins. Uh, do you want to cheer? I ge- I'm guessing that you want. I to want do to a cheer. cheer. <laughs> There you go. We'll cut that short because it takes forever. Oh no, I didn't play it. I just previewed it to us. That's embarrassing. <laughs> There's the live version of it. <laughs> Produce. All right then. <laughs> okay, we'll do a nice little slice there and we'll move on to the next segment, which is uh, David Gardner. David Gardner is retiring. I suppose that's what he's doing. He's still hanging around. He's still doing podcasts, but uh, I think he's mostly retiring from doing what he calls his stock samplers. Now, I'm very new to this. I think uh, Steve W is very new to this. But Steve D, uh, you're very much behind this rule breaker investing theory, aren't you? So do me a favor. Tell me, as an idiot, what David Gardner does, where he's from, and what's so good about him. Uh, So... David Gardner is one of the founders of The Motley Fool. His um, investing philosophy is based on um, five rules that we've described before that he calls rule-breaking investing. Um, so he's been picking stocks since um, before the dot-com bubble and with with extraordinary levels of, of success. 
with the caveat that he always considers that uh, in his in reporting of the figures that he's put the same amount of money into each one. So it's not when when you see that Motley Fool has delivered returns of thirty five thousand over the last twenty years or whatever, it's not because he's uh, if that's not what he's generally generated as a portfolio. That's what he's generated when you add all the percentages up of the stocks and divide them by the amount of stocks. So it is a bit you know with a caveat, but but he's regardless, it's it's hard to um, sort of um, poo poo his record really um, and he has come to the end of his stock picking career he feels like now is a logical time for him to to bow out um he's moving emily flippin into his um role which if if you follow the motley fool she's a she's a real sort of like skeptic so she'll she'll fill his role pretty well i would imagine um but david has done one last pick of five stocks it's a, a long-running feature in the show that every sort of six weeks he picks five stocks and he plans to hold them for three years and then in that three years time he reports their performance back against the market and i think paul you've got some of his stats from his most recent show which are just mind-blowing really over the last over the last few years yeah it's pretty it's pretty i'm sold i'm really sold i i to, to be honest with you i've known about david garner but i've never really gone into it too much but i am so sold considering his stats so Every, like you say, every six weeks he uh, picks five stocks based on any sort of any form of uh, random thing that he seems to be able to think of this week, and um, he's done that thirty times. And his record is absolutely incredible. He's been doing this since just before two thousand, um, and on average, all of his picks put together over the past twenty-five years, it's averaged at ninety-four percent above the S&P 500. So he's beaten the market by 94% consistently. And out of the 30 stocks that he's picked, or the 30, sorry, the 30, um, what we call, uh, <coughs> uh, out of the 30 screeners that he does, apologies for that, out of the Basket. 30 screeners that he does, yeah, out of the 30 baskets that he does, only three of them have failed to beat the market. So he's got a ridiculously high hit rate. And out of those three screeners, two of them are still not beating the market. But one of them did because Tesla this year decided to, to go on its mad run. So in the end, overall, he's he's beaten the market thirty time, uh, 28 times out of 30, which is crazy. That's crazy that's crazy numbers i don't think this is the pro this is the only problem i've got with it is no one talks about him like it's he's relatively small on a comparative investor level everyone talks about lynch everyone talks about buffett buffett hasn't beaten the market for 20 years or so everyone talks about um St uh drunken miller and david garner i never really hear about him at all but this guy has consistently beat the market by 90 percent over the past 25 years crazy absolutely crazy so this uh this week he's done his final ever screener his final basket of five stocks and uh it's yeah, they're pretty crazy i think the theme this week was stocks chased mm -hmm. by a bear so with uh this would be one of his first screeners where he's trying to really go against the grain he's going 
and picking stocks that are extremely bearish at the moment, but he's um, he's very bullish on long term. So, Steve D, you want to take that and just have a do a bit more uh, background on that episode? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> basically, the idea of this this episode was that he he likes round numbers, so everything happens in round, big, even numbers. Um, so his idea here was that you know he's been picking stocks for a, a really really long time. He wants to go out with a bang. Um, he is quite humble about his performance in a way that he doesn't. Uh, he, he thinks it's a uh, an incredible thing. Do you know what I mean? He's he he sees himself as an intermediate level investor. He he says you know he's no better at, at picking stocks than anybody else. He just thinks he has found a formula that 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 works for him. Um, so his theory on this one was pursued by a bear, and all he means by that is, and he really is a, he really does like to drill home the idea of what this is about. There is twenty five minutes of him talking about what that means before he actually gets onto the subject. Yeah, of definitely the milks it. Yeah, definitely yeah. milks it. If you go into that episode, just skip ahead fifteen minutes because it's basically him just, uh, just telling you how good he is. <laughs> Which is yeah, and rightly so because he was exceptionally which good. Is, which is yeah. fair enough, I think. Um, but but his not- notoriety is a failure of his ability mm. to market. I think is the general gist of it. I think the way that the Motley Fool market themselves, it feels like a scam. And I think mm. that's the issue that he's got. If he didn't do the scammy sort of way of passing himself off I think he would be much more renowned in his field I think one of the issues that Motley Fool has mm. is that they their free stuff in terms of the podcast I always find to be really high quality and that surprised me because a lot of the free stuff that's published and written by people who know and I mean this pejoratively know more than me Steve D or Paul is of highly variable quality I think it's generally quite poor um, and I think a lot of people look at that and think well, if it's just more like that stuff, why would I pay a subscription for that? Uh, it's the thing I see quite a lot around Facebook of Motley Fool's trash. Why yeah. would you pay for Motley Fool? And I can see why you would think that. There's quite a lot of uh, content on the Motley Fool, particularly on Motley Fool UK, actually, that's written uh, in a very kind of uninteresting, mm. basic, reasonably poorly thought out style, as far as I can tell. And I think that might be one of the main reasons that Gardner's not by Sorry, yeah, Paul. Yeah, written by robots, probably written by AI. Um, most of those uh, British Martley Fool stocks that tell you to buy Lloyd's Bank every two weeks, and I think that gives a really, really bad name to what Martley Fool is, especially when you go over to the US and you see people like Feraldi and Gardner, and you go, actually, these guys really know what they're doing. Why the hell are they trying to sell me Lloyd's Bank stock every two weeks? I don't, I don't get it. But yeah, um, David Garner, uh, so he's done his uh, final stocks. And these are five stocks that he believes will outperform the market over the next three years. And they are also ones which people are very bearish on at the moment. And I I don't know about you guys, but some of these really surprised me. I expected some of the big ones, some of the obvious ones. But yeah, some of these really surprised me. Do you want me to run you through the five? Is that the... Well, did you find them surprising? Um, yeah, there is a there is yes and no, I suppose. There's two on there that I didn't think were too bearish, and I still don't think they've got massive amounts of uh, 
massive amounts of competition really is what I, what I would say. One of them is pretty clearly a market leader, but they're the kind of things he wants. He wants a first mover. He wants it to be overvalued. He actually look. That's one of his criteria. He wants people who he respects to tell him it's overvalued um, because he runs on that theory of winners winners win there's one company in there that yeah. i didn't actually know that much about which will be the first one i think we talk yeah, about um but yeah, then the minute yeah. that i was told what the product was i knew the product luckily i've never yeah. had experience of the product but um <laughs> yeah but yeah let's get is there any on yeah let's get started because that first one that, that first one did surprised me quite a lot um i when it just came out i was like because someone on the discord has mentioned it as well i can't remember who but i remember someone on the discord mentioned it and uh i kind of looked at it and went i don't get it and now david gard has put it up maybe we should pay more attention and that's axon enterprises and axon enterprises is a um, a law firm that's how i kind of not a lawyer's firm as in it's a uh crime and <laughs> It's like a crime prevention firm. They're doing a lot of techno- technological things. Go on, Steve. You tell me. You tell me a bit, bit, bit more about it. Um. So yeah, the Axon Enterprises. Their most famous product is the Taser, which I thought was a, you know, like it was the name of the actual product, not not the brand name. Um, but taser is just one of those words like you know like when you instead of saying search it you say google it it is it's become sort of the verbiage um so i didn't know an awful lot about axon enterprise this is the one that surprised me the most but you know the taser system you pretty much see as being the sort of non-lethal method of policing that is pretty widely widely known i think that all axon are also doing a body cam as well now which is quite interesting as well so they are really focused on um, sort of law enforcement and sort of tools to help law enforcement. Um, yeah, really interesting company though. Yeah, there's a lot more to so it. So I have a confession well, of a sort right? here around. Go on. Go on, sorry, Steve. I have a confession around Axon for you. Um, I actually came across this company about three months ago uh, when I was looking for smallish cap things with widish moats, or I was looking for basically things that were near monopolies. Uh, and I came across Axon. And I put it on my watch list, and I think it's still on my watch list, but such is the attention that I pay to that part of my watch list that when I heard David Gardner talking about it in his sampler, uh, I came to the conclusion that I've never heard of this company before and I've no idea what it does. Um, so I felt so doubtful about my ability to uh, evaluate this, especially my ability to price it. I think about price very differently to how Gardner does instinctively, uh, that I just went on my watch list and has been sat there with a load of other stuff and... It's probably a watch list that doesn't really get watched very much for me. Yeah, Axon has so much more as well. It's um, going having MDTs, mobile data terminals. It's uh, I think there's something there's there's a lot of uh, AI stuff going on in there to help with uh, law enforcement. A lot of pre-alerting. They might even be the company that I heard of that time that is placing microphones in different parts of New York City. Uh, in order to do an early warning system on good shots, um, there might that might be the same company. I, I I've heard of that. Yeah, I think I've heard of that as well. Um, but yeah, Axon Axon was the first big when he just when he just came out with that. I was like, oh, this is going to be a different kind of list. I was like, whoa, <laughs> uh, he's he's really digging them out here. And uh, yeah, so that was um, that was the first one. Second one was not was was a lot less 
or a lot more obvious, should I say. Uh, and that was Peloton. Peloton was his second big pick going forward for the next three years. How do we feel about Peloton in that list? It wasn't surprising to me in that I've heard of it. It was surprising to me in that I don't like it very much. Um, mm. And I get that David Gardner thinks much differently to me, uh, by which, he, I mean, he thinks in a way that makes money and I don't. But um, <laughs> he's... I was surprised he was kind of long on Peloton. The only good case I've heard for Peloton recently was that it might get bought by Apple, who would like people to sit on a bike in front of one of their screens for quite a lot of time. That seemed quite sort of speculative to me, especially at current levels uh, on Peloton. I don't see Apple being particularly interested at these prices, but uh, I yeah, this one surprised me quite a lot. Worth pointing it's out that lot. Scott Galloway has been right about a lot recently, including uh, a little sneaky look at Apple and Peloton. So um, it is worth it, worth that. But yeah, on, on the other side as well, the only other bullish case that Garner seemed to make on that show was that they dealt with their problems really well. And I don't like that as a, as a reason to say, oh, this company's good because they killed a child and they recalled their, all their products. And that's... And, you know, that makes them a good company. I'm sorry. I, I appreciate the it's the own it system, but I didn't I didn't like that. Well, that's the idea behind it is that they they basically didn't bury their heads in the sand and let it continue. That's what he's trying to say. And I think Scott Galloway agreed with him mm. on that. And the, the idea is that you overcorrect. So even if there's a, a minor fault, uh, when there's a fatality, the best thing to do is to go over the top in your response to it. And that's that's a good sign, really, because that basically uh, I don't really want to be too crass about it but it nips the problem in the bud I know the problem in this case is that there was a fatality which is obviously very sad but um, yeah I think it was definitely the right move for Peloton but just just scrolling back a little bit it's a lot of money to pay for a treadmill essentially as a consumer but as a business it's a hell of a lot to pay for a treadmill company so I'd just mm. don't see anybody wanting to buy it at this price. Ten, ten billion further no. down, maybe somebody would want something to do with that. But now, Peloton for me is the the one I'm least interested in in this list. Mm. And uh, I mean, I can't go, I can't go through Peloton without mentioning FRX and Beachbody. I, I can't. There's competition coming. I mean, Beachbody has a much better product. I fully believe that it's got a better following it does things at a cheaper price and it's also got a slightly different uh, arm in its mlm wing and i think there's competition coming i think there's a better uh stock to buy in this space and i think that's frx and i think that gardner has overlooked that because i think that's also a profitable business with growing revenue as well i think he might have missed that i'm not i'm not sure but i can't go through I mentioned in Peloton without mentioning FRX at this point. Uh, the if next you've ever seen one, the results before, well, the key to the key to these things is that not all of these stocks will beat the market, but as a basket, it mm. it likely will. So he's uh, not really interested if one of these underperforms. So he's not particularly focused on competition. Yeah, in, in that they all have competition. Um, yeah, but, um, yeah, he's less interested in that. Yeah, you're right. Uh, we should probably mention that because the, they have done these studies where if you pick five stocks, you only need one to go 10x. 
and mm-hmm. it will outpace all of your other stocks no matter how much the others lose if you put a thousand each one if one ten x is then that's it your job's done you've beaten the market so that's quite a yeah that's quite a good point to make his next stock was the trade desk now i don't know a lot about this one i must admit i'm not very good on this one so you guys will have to do all the heavy lifting on trade desk um, yes, yeah, so Trade Desk is a buy and sell um, advertising platform. Um, it's um, it's a place where you can sell advertising space, and where people who want to advertise in that space can then come and buy it. Trade Desk facilitates that, and there's all sorts of software that runs over the top of it to try and make sure it's getting you the, both the best bang for your buck. So you know, as the advertiser, you're getting the best you know returns and as the advertiser you're getting the most money and it's kind of kind of the the uh the person in the middle who forces the two hands together to make the handshake um that's essentially what the trade desk does but on a 30 32 billion dollar scale <laughs> so what do you think good one is it, is it well valued is it uh gonna beat the market what do we think it's one that's been before in um David Gardner uh, samplers, I think. I think he said it had been um, in a couple before, so I mean, I guess it might be. It's had a bit of a dip. That was one of the kind of themes for this uh, set of samplers. He said he had three criteria from what I saw of it. One was leaders, uh, things that have dipped recently, and uh, as he put it, and I quite like this expression, a dark cloud over it that you can see through. Uh, yeah, so in other I words, like people are well. currently worrying about something uh, that he thinks he can see that they ought not to be worrying about. Uh, which is, I guess that's connected to the dip, right? That's what causes dips of a sort, dark clouds. And if you think you can see through them and you think the dip is temporary and yeah, it, people yeah. misjudging something, then go yeah. for it. It's a very good expression. Tri- that was one of the things that really sold me on with David Garner when he said, when he talked about the dark cloud, because if you can think about it that way, if you can find those companies which are going through a bit of a problem and people ain't really liking it at the moment. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, I think that's a really good one. But T, and one, when he said, because I'm sure he said in the episode that, oh, the next stock is going to be uh, start with a T. And I was like, it's going to be Teladoc. There's no doubt it's going to be Teladoc. <laughs> no mm-hmm. doubt. Or I Tesla. Thought that. Yeah. I was surprised it wasn't Teladoc. Yeah, or Tesla. Tesla was going to be a big one as well. I'm su- so surprised that those two stocks didn't make it in, especially as they're massively being chased by bears at the moment. There are i suppose there aren't big dark clouds around them though that you can see through because everything is really positive for both those companies when um when when well trade desk at the time of recording was down about 50 percent as well so there is key that's probably key i don't think teledoc was as far down at the point so i think that's probably Mm. why he went for it i thought in a couple of cases he reached slightly with his idea of a dark cloud being above them um but i mean to the point I thought, well, I'm not quite sure that strictly counts as a cloud rather than just double counting the fact that it's dipped a little bit or people are pointing out yeah. there exists competition or something along those lines. Yeah. I mean, to be fair to him, it's his show. He'd do what he likes. Uh, he's outperformed <laughs> yeah. any of us here and <laughs> yeah, the market really several times. I, getting hung up over the idea that that's not really a cloud mm. uh, seems to me to be kind of missing the point of a lot of this sort of yeah, thing. But... It, um, I was also surprised to not see Teladoc is just, what I'm going just, for. Just, to, rem- yeah. just yeah. to remind you that he did a show called uh, Five Stocks for April the Giraffe and the show had nothing to do with <laughs> giraffes. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, I and I and this is what got me. Some of his some of his screeners are just randomly made up and I'm kinda like, God, how have you just randomly picked so you've you've 
giraffe, the giraffe one. So you've specifically focused on the word, on the letter G, and you've fi- you've tried to find a stock that's really good with the letter G. How how do you do that? How, how did you create how do you create a ninety seven percent beat market beating return just by focusing? So is it all random? Is that what it is? Be as random as you can. Be as random as you can, and you will beat the market. Like just be so freaking out there uh, that you'll do so well. Is I don't know, I don't know. But uh, one, only an, one, only a complete idiot would think of a game where you have to try and pick stocks that begin with a certain letter and then start trying <laughs> to play that game. <laughs> uh, one one company I didn't think had a big cloud over it, although David Garner does go into some of the difference. Was his next one Unity? No, Unity. I've only heard positive, really, about Unity. Uh, I think that's a Steve D favourite at the minute as well, is it? Do you own? Do you own that? Do you own yeah, Unity? I've got Unity. I, I bought Unity uh, on its IPO when it was about $70, was it? Or something like that. So I've done okay out of that. Um, the thing about Unity was is the same sort of idea as Trade Desk in that it was riding really high. It got up to about 150 something and then it, it crashed in half. Um, and I think that's the reason why um, why he's saying that this one's got a dark cloud that you can see through. I think Unity's got really only one competition of note, and that's the um, Epic Games. The un- is it the Unreal Engine? Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't think there's really um, too much competition in there, and I think Unity is better on VR and AR, and they're sort of better on the marketing side of their of their product as well. So yeah, I think. Um, Unity was a funny one for me, uh, but I think it's a very good pick. Yeah, I agree. I love Unity as a start. I think it's over. I think it's too priced. Uh, I think even seventy dollars, I would have had it too priced. But uh, yeah, so Unity, uh, just in case anyone doesn't know, is um, a platform on mobile apps mainly. I think it might stretch out to different things slightly, like VR and things like that. But um, yeah, basically, if you open up a game on your phone. Unity is probably the engine that's built that game, which is just incredible. And it's obviously improving that all the time. Like you said, Epic Games probably has a more uh, advanced engine, and Unreal is uh, has a very long history of being an absolutely brilliant engine as well. So there is competition there, in my opinion. But um, yeah, like you say, I think Unity has quite a high percentage of the market. I think it's like 80, 80 plus of the market. So uh, yeah, definitely leading ahead there. And finally, David Carner's pick, last pick uh, on being pursued by a bear was Zillow. Zillow, another stock I don't know a lot about. Um, take me through it. Take me through the stock. So Zillow for UK users, the easiest thing to sort of compare it to would be like maybe like right movie sort of thing. But if you imagine with red yep. right move with red coats. I guess is the uh, the sort of American real estate way of doing it, but with the added um, the added thing is that Zillow tries to use AI to automatically um, get the valuation of your house, um, which is quite an incredible piece of fact. It's quite renowned for being inaccurate, um, but even so, it's uh, an incredible uh, effort. I guess is uh, is what we what we call it. Zillow also has another service where they actually buy your house as well. So in the way that um, Chamath told you that Open Door was the only company doing this buying service. There is actually Redfin and Zillow that already did it as well. 
Um, but yeah, they're the sort of three sort of areas of its business, I guess. Um, it's an interesting pick. It's growing really fast, and it's actually not a massive company when you look at it in terms of how big you expect it to be. Um, so yeah, I don't know. You guys got anything on it? Really interesting company from what I see of it. Um, I first kind of came across it briefly when I learned that Steve Eisman, uh, one of the big shorts of <clears throat> housing bubble fame, um, was shorting this company a while back and then at one point it suddenly switched to being long it, more or less, which is quite unusual that uh, people sort of switch from one way around to another. But he was impressed at the way that had been turned around. This is a couple of years back now. But... Um, I, that got me kind of interested in them at the time and I find them a bit hard to evaluate here but uh, yeah, that was pretty much all I knew about Zillow from, from before on this Yeah, so is Zillow Zillow has to prove, so it's, it's taken on a lot of risk, in the same way I think that Tesla took on a lot of risk with Bitcoin it's taken on a lot of risk by taking on the housing market with it so it's betting big on the housing market and flipping its own houses I also think its AI needs to get better because, like you say, it's 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 often wrong. It's often uh, wrong about the value of the house. And even I did my value of my house recently on both Zoopla and on Rightmove. I did the value, and one company gave me at, gave me thirty thousand pound over value of my uh, asking price, and the other company gave me four thousand under. So. It's so hard to predict, and I'm not sure the AI is up there. And if they're the two main selling points of Zillow, I want to see those be very, very strong. The, the house flipping thing has been proven very, very strong. Um, and also, you know, sales, is uh, you can't deny the revenue growth on it at all. But yeah, Zillow is one. Uh, is it exciting? I don't know. I don't think I can call it exciting. Um, and that's, I don't know, just just a bit meh just yeah, a bit it's meh, a, but i bet it does amazing it's not an exciting company but it is a very big sector and if they can and it's quite a fragmented sector as well and there's lots of individual players in it so those sort of industries are very easy to disrupt um so one of the companies mm. i hold in my portfolio is fathom realty and they're a uh, they're a sort of a software-driven um, real estate agent agency. And what they're doing is they're buying up, rather than going and beating all the agents, uh, all the agencies up, they're actually buying them. Um, just the little ones dotted here and there. All the, and what they, they call them experts, essentially. So they're not gonna, you're not going to get local expertise without buying, you know, buying these little boutique agencies up. So that's just a different mm. approach to it. Um, but yeah, Fathom mm. is different to Zillow. It pays out way more as well, and so it often gets really good reviews because most most of these people boil down to being salesmen, and salesmen tend to be yeah. incentivized well by money. So the more they earn from the sale, the more likely they are to try and sell it through Fathom's platform. So yeah, that was just an interesting sort of take. I I would pick Fathom over Zillow, um, but we we'll, we we would just see. Yeah, so this. Yeah, it's very interesting. And I do like it that Zillow could grow globally. It's amazing to think that even before I got into investing, I had heard of Zillow. So that's amazing to think. I mean, I didn't have a clue what it did, but I was very interested to think that I did know about Zillow before I was investing. And that gives it some power to stretch internationally because it's kind of one of those 
cool things to know about. If you watched Graham Stefan or anything like that, I think that's where I would have heard it because he always goes, well, I looked on Zillow and this is how much it was. And I thought, oh, so that's the cool side of real estate investing. That was just something I looked at. Right, I know we were going to do a lot more, but we have overrun massively. Uh, so we're actually only going to finish on one uh, question this week and we're going to save the other two for next week because I think they could go for absolutely ages and this question is from d curso uh so thank you very much for uh mr curso or mrs curso uh, diane or derek whichever one you are um <laughs> uh thank you very much for uh, giving your comments and if anyone else has any other questions or any comments that they wanted to make feel free to leave them in the YouTube section, in the YouTube comments, and we'll do our best to answer them. But Decurso has asked today, how do we allocate money coming in and out of our relationship? So what he's trying to, what they're trying to get at there is when you're in a relationship and you've got your significant other, whether it's uh, Mrs. Steve D or Mrs. Steve W or, or Mrs. Briscoe, how do you how, do you ever argue about money have you with your investing and i imagine being quite in quite aggressive in the deposits and with how the money is being used do you ever argue about it do they see eye to eye well it's very difficult for us to argue about it um mrs steve w makes more money than me and she's a better investor than i am as well at least if you consider our kind of returns to date so she's in a multi-asset portfolio that she's uh, constructed herself out of various funds she didn't quite design it from scratch but she did a little bit of reading about it um asked me for some sort of thoughts as to whether i thought it sounded sensible i said i don't know what most of those things are uh, she went off and bought them anyway uh she's currently kicking me at this so um yeah, uh, very difficult for us to argue much about money. I wouldn't win. Uh, this is why I have to turn up here and do this kind of thing. She don't need to. Uh, she's basically half retired as it is. She's got her own podcast with ten. So you are hours. you a, <laughs> so are you doing more of the the work at home to make up for your uh, your inferiority with your your pay. I don't think there's enough work I could do at home, to be honest, even with wage inflation to make up for my inferior pay. But you are right in thinking that I tend to try and dig in a bit harder around the house and try and make more of a contribution there and that kind of thing based yeah. on not partly because uh, she's our bigger financial contributor, but we try not to see it transactionally, I think, which is kind of important for us. So yeah. if you want to really see it as a look, I make this much less, therefore I need to do this much more, that requires you to get into some really weird territory of thinking, look, yeah. I washed up this much stuff, uh, and you break that down to I got therefore got charged this much per dish I washed or something like that. <laughs> uh, and some of that stuff was my stuff anyway, and some of it was your stuff. And you really need to try not to see it like that, uh, particularly, in that, if you can help it. Uh, so that's why we try not to view it as a kind of transactional uh, thing based on kind of um, our income, I suppose. Yeah, we're not point scoring. So basically, um, we both just try and split everything as much as possible down the middle. So um, we when all our bills, we have a joint account that's separate to our standard accounts. It's literally just for bills. We split all of them straight down the middle. We put the same amount of money in each time. But it, it's okay for us because we earn the same amount of money, if that makes sense. We're, we're within a £1,000 of each other, so there's no 
you know, there's no um, sort of ambiguity there whatsoever. So we, we split everything down the middle and everything else that's bought outside of that. So if groceries is something we don't take out the joint account. So if, if she goes to Asda and spends 60 quid at Asda, she'll split the bill with me on Monzo, ping it over and I'll just ping her the 30 quid and, and that's that. We don't argue about stuff like, you know, say, say for instance that Laura buys a bottle of gin and that is entirely for her to drink. It's not like I'll say, like, oh, we'll whip that 20 quid off for the gin or anything, because I just don't think that really matters. <laughs> you, you you make it back in the long run anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't we don't quibble over anything like that. Everything is split fairly straight down the middle, and we try and split the sort of chores and housework up. And well, apart from the cooking, she can't cook for, for shit. Um, so I, I do all of the cooking. <laughs> um, and that's, that's for my benefit, really, as much as hers, because, I mean, I've never met anybody who can burn a chicken nugget, but she can do it. <laughs> <laughs> She so, doesn't listen uh, to this podcast, by the way. She, no, no, none of our partners listen to this podcast, fairly obviously. She would be nodding in agreement. She'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess one question that's kind of interesting here that the, the kind of original question I might be getting at. I mean, Steve, both you and I are quite recently married and not to each other, I would point out. But we individually got married to, to separate people fairly recently. I mean, roughly how far into your relationship were you when you started dividing things? Um, pretty much when we moved out. So the minute we the minute we mm-hmm. moved into because we we started off moving into rental accommodation so we didn't we didn't live together beforehand and that is absolutely the right thing to do people in new relationships are thinking of moving in together rent somewhere first and just just <laughs> don't you <laughs> just see if you like each other I mean like um, that is really really important I think than going into a, a house purchase but yeah the minute we went out we've always earned a similar amount of money and as I've got pay rises laura's who is a nurse she's gone up through the bands as well um so we've kind of been you know we've kind of been similar i I suppose at one point i probably will outgrow her because in terms of salary because that is how the nhs works you get to the top of a band and you can't go up anymore i think paul confirmed that um so yeah eventually unless she gets promoted to something else but i think there comes a point in nursing and i always sort of say it about any of these kind of professions where the vast majority of it is uh, ran on goodwill. Um, there's absolutely nobody who goes into nursing because they want to get paid, uh, you know, a fairly average salary and work 60 hours a week. And uh, eventually the goodwill runs out and these people or these nurses, they, they just do the job. They go, they do the job and they go home. And I can sense that's coming um, soon for, for Laura because she gets paid a hell of a, well not a lot of money to do a hell of a lot of work in a short period of time and, and the worst thing about well, I always say at work whenever the junior makes a mistake at work I always say don't worry about it do you know what I mean even if he's made a 10 grand fuck up don't worry about it nobody died and the problem is is that in Laura's line of work if she fucks up invariably somebody does so she has to do the hours and I think Paul will probably nod in agreement that, you know, there's no way he gets to his 37 and a half hours in the week or whatever he works and goes, well, that's my hours. See you later. I'm off. <laughs> Whereas in my job, I'm like, well, that, mm. that, that can wait another day. Yeah. Uh, won't get too much in, but um, I have to stress the NHS morale and people working in the NHS right now, the morale is through the floor. It is so horrible and the only reason you're staying there now is because of the duty (laughs) like you feel that duty at the end of the shift and you're like okay um 
gonna have to clean this up <laughs> or, or whatever and uh yeah morale is super super low at the moment and i can i can feel everything that what you're saying there as for um splitting the bills and everything my our family is uh we've actually quite new to this splitting the, the whole bills thing we were very much split for a quite a long while and it didn't really put a lot of pressure on us we 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 kind of liked it it was all right you know she has her money i have my, my money we smash everything together that we both need to pay for and then anything else that uh we've got we 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 spend and i was like we were like that for a while and it was mainly due to me and i i could save man i can save i can save so so much of my salary even though it's pretty small i can save so so much of it and she can't she earns more than me and she can't save anywhere near it and i think that's because i think that's simply because women do spend a lot more money uh but recently we've now changed uh ours and we've realized that we can save a lot more money by bringing it together and being a bit more communicative with our money and once we figured out that we could put our finances together we actually found things very easy to do and we've saved a lot more money and i don't know our life has been a lot easier with finances now uh, it's just the other stuff that's pretty hard uh, but if anyone out there has any ideas on what they do for uh, with sharing money in relationships and you know if they do anything different or you know you've got any great ideas or anything that you want to share with us leave a comment in, uh, in the youtube comments leave a comment below and uh, we'll have a look at it and we'll try and answer it and we'll see and we'll even add it to the show if uh, something really good comes up but thank you uh, d curso for looking into that and uh yeah i think we're we're heading on for quite late there so we might wrap up this podcast now before we do paul um <laughs> yeah? just before we head off i do now have for you numbers 69 and 70 on the uh, uh trading 212 hot list the things uh, that are owned slightly less than nikola motors uh, for your right. interest here yeah uh so number 69 is a company called fiverr international uh, so it's Fiverr okay. with two R's. Wow. I don't know that one particularly. Wow. But, uh, you don't know Fiverr? That's a good stop. That's a really no, good stop. I, I, I think that's the... even a gardener stock in it. Is that a gardener stock as well? Pretty sure it will be. Fiverr is a gardener stock. And and fun fact, Fiverr made our... Somebody on Fiverr made our intro. Oh, there ah. you go. You see? Yeah, Fiverr's a really good stock. Fair enough. I'm, Trade two and two, man. Number 70, I do know. Uh, number 70 is the favourite stock of our man, Zach, who uh, we're still hoping is okay. We haven't seen him in a little while, but it's Pinterest. Wow. Good what? What is everybody doing on trading two one two? Why do more people so own people Nicola, Nicola more than, yeah. than yeah. Fiverr? Uh, probably tells you how many, how many accounts are not being used anymore, perhaps. Uh, maybe, maybe. Counts in the bin after seeing Nicola nothing. crash from 90. <laughs> I like that as an idea. <laughs> Never mind. I can't believe, I can't believe more people own Nicola than they do Fiverr and Pinterest. That's crazy. That's so crazy. Boxer Hathaway didn't make the top crazy. 100. Anyway, that, that's a great one to end on. Wow. Wow. 
That's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. Anyway, today, thank you very much for listening, everybody. You can listen to this on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Audible, and all the others, and including the video portion on YouTube. Please feel free to leave us a like, a comment, and subscribe. Uh, thank you very much for listening and making you, <laughs> making it all the way through that one. And uh, we shall see you next week. Thank you. I'm amazed how many people own stocks. I'm amazed how many people own stocks. The sucker's going up.